Perak Beis Mishnah Zayim. Perak closes out with a teaching that also mentions the mitzvah of Adlakas Ner Shabbos. And this teaching is directed at the head of the house. The teaching is, The head of the house should mention three things to his family as it's getting closer to Shabbos to remind them about the following. The three things that must be taken care of before Shabbos starts. They are, first of all, he asks his family, Have you tied the food that we'll need for Shabbos? Of course, it's Yisrael. When a farmer brings crops from the field, he can't just immediately consume that. He has to first tithe it, taking off the truma portion for the Kohen, Meister Rishon for the Levi, Meister Shani, or Meister Ani, depending on the year. So first thing is he must make sure that the food they're going to need for Shabbos has been tithed. If they will not be able to do that on Shabbos, it would be Isser the Rabbanon, to a tie that on Shabbos for the person is, so to speak, fixing the food, halachically repairing it, so that it would be rabbinically forbidden to do on Shabbos. So he asks his family, have you tied the food yet? He then should ask a Ravtem, have you set up any Erevin we require? So there are different types of Erevin. One is Erev Tehumin, which relates to the halacha that a person may not go beyond the 2,000 Amas from the city limits on Shabbos. If he knows before Shabbos starts that he let's say, wants to attend a drasha that's beyond the city Tchum, he can solve that problem by establishing an Arab. That is, he should go in the direction of where the lecture will be held and place some bread there within 2,000 Amis of his city and of the desired destination. And then it's considered you know, symbolically that's his place of residence for Shabbos. So he as an individual will measure his Tachum boundary from there, which will enable him to get to the desired destination on Shabbos. So if the family needs to use that Erev, he should check on that, make sure that's set up before Shabbos. And there's Erev of Eruve Chatzeros, which addresses the problem that the Rabbanan said, if you have a bunch of houses around a common courtyard, that it's rabbinically forbidden to carry into that courtyard due to the similarity that bears to an actual act of Hotzav carrying, it looks like he's carrying to Rosh Rabim, even though it's not biblically Rosh Hashanah, but it looks like it. So the Rabbanan said he shouldn't carry to the common courtyard unless the members of the courtyard set up an Erev, meaning they pull together and have a collective, let's say, a loaf of bread, they all have a piece of that. And based on that, we can say that symbolically it's all one big residence, therefore the rabbinic problem of carrying wouldn't apply. So he asked his family, did you take care of set up the Erev Chatzeros before Shabbos? And the third thing that he should say to his family, meaning his wife, is if he sees the candles aren't lit yet, and Shabbos has almost started, he should instruct his wife, Eliku es haner, please light the ner now, but of course say it in a gentle way, should not be a source of stress, but should be a loving, gentle reminder to the family to take care of everything that needs to be taken care of before Shabbos starts. The mission now is a brief discussion of the case of Bein HaShemashos, which refers to the period between sunset and halachic nightfall. And of course, we're talking about Friday evening. Now, there's no question that upon halachic nightfall, when the three stars come out on Friday night, it is Shabbos, and anything that's not permitted on Shabbos is not permitted at that point. On the other hand, it's clear that before sunset, it's not yet Shabbos. So essentially, nothing at that point is prohibited from the standpoint of 
Malach activities of Shabbos. What about between sunset and halachic nightfall? That period of time is called Benish Mashos and is a time of uncertainty. It's like a twilight zone. We don't know exactly when the transition from Arab Shabbos to Shabbos occurs. So could a person do Malacha then? Well, certainly not. We have a general rule of Suffolk the Rice al Khumrah. If one is in a situation in which possibly what he's about to do is biblically forbidden, he has to be stringent. He must refrain from that act. On the flip side, we have a rule that Suffolk the Rabbanon, the Kula, if it's unclear that something is a rabbinic violation, then a person may be lenient. And so the Mishnah teaches, Suffolk Chashecha, Suffolk Ein Chashecha. During the period of Friday evening in Benashmashos, when again, we're not sure if Shabbos has started yet, the halacha is as follows, Ein Ma'asrin Es Havadai. We may not tithe produce that definitely requires tithing, even though the prohibition of doing that on Shabbos, as we mentioned above, is only rabbinic. However, it's a rabbinic decree that's directly based on a biblical violation, namely the malacha of completing something into a utensil on Shabbos called Makkah The point is that since it's directly based on the biblical law, it's treated sort of like a biblical law in the sense that Already at Benish Mashos, at sunset, even though it's not yet nightfall, the act is forbidden. Nor may we immerse vessels that are contracted Tumah in a mikvah to purify them during the period of Benish Mashos. Once again, it's a case where the Rabbanan are saying that we should treat it as if it's a biblical violation. In this case, the violation of fixing, so to speak, the vessel in the sense of making it a tahar or usable again by putting it in the mikvah. And finally, We clearly may not light Shabbos neros once it is the Benish Moshe's period. For if Shabbos has started, then doing so would be a biblical violation. Hence, this is a straightforward application of the rule of Suffolk, the Raisa Lechumra. If one is unsure as to whether an act he's about to do might be a biblical violation, then he must be stringent and refrain from that act. So one cannot light near Shabbos after Shri after sunset. The Mishnah then says, Avol ma'asrin es However, during the Benish Mashas period, one may tithe food that has the status of demai. That is, this is food that was purchased from an Amaretz, an uneducated person, where there is a rabbinic concern that maybe he didn't tithe the produce. Now, on the biblical level, we don't have to worry about that. But the Rabbana made a decree saying that one must tithe a demai that he purchases in case. Now, in Shabbos itself, after nightfall of Friday night, person had some demai, and has, again, this rabbinic requirement that it be tied, he wouldn't be allowed to do so. The Mishnah says, the Rabbana did not impose their decree of demai if we're talking about a banish mushrooms, even though it's after sunset, so Shabbos might have started, since it may not have started, the Rabbana said that the issue of, like so to speak, fixing the food, when you're dealing with demai, which is Definitely not a biblical obligation of tithing. The decree doesn't apply yet, so one may tithe his demai during Benishmashos, ume arvin, and one may establish neruve chatseros. The Arab mentioned above that addresses the rabbinic prohibition not to carry into a common courtyard. One may not set up such an Arab on Shabbos itself, but if it's not yet for sure Shabbos, it's not nightfall, it's Benishmashos, one may set up that Arab, the Rabbanan never decreed that that would be a problem at Tabanish Mashos. Rather, we fall back on the general rule that if it's a question of 
a possible rabbinic violation, we may be lenient. And finally, vitomnin esachamin. During Benish Mashos, we may insulate hot foods to keep them hot for Shabbos, even though one may not do so on Shabbos itself, when it's definitely Shabbos after nightfall, because the whole reason for this rabbinic decree is the concern that when going to insulate one's foods, he may discover that it's cold, and then he'll go and forget and heat it over a fire and violate the malach of cooking on Shabbos. Why that concern doesn't apply at all when it's Benish Mashos, which is at Friday evening, Shabbos says uh, barely, if it all started yet, at that point, safe to assume the food is hot. Therefore, we don't have a concern that if he's going to start uh, putting his uh, hot food in insulating material, that they'll uh, see it's cold and put on a fire. No, it's in all probability still hot at that point, so the Xera simply doesn't apply during the period of Benish Mashos.